Hello, you're listening to Beardy Dads episode 3. I'm Nick O'Leary. And I'm Rue Reynolds. Hello. Hello, Rue. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing today? Oh, we're, we're all well here. Toby's asleep in bed, as he should be. Joe is, we're four days, five days away from due date for oh. number two, so... So there's still three of yeah, you in the house at the moment, then? Still only the three of us. Oh, fun times ahead, Nick. And how's little Oliver with you? Yeah, he's good, thank you. He's got a bit of a cold today, a bit of a runny nose, poor lad. So, oh, no. Yeah, it was sad hearing him this morning all snuffily. And, and it's difficult. When they're really young, they don't really breathe through their mouths. They, um, they, for the first few weeks, they can only really breathe through their noses. Yeah. He's not got a particular temperature. He seems alert and he's feeding all right and he's sleeping all right. Just, uh, yeah, just minor annoyance for him of having uh, mm. rivers of snot pouring out of his, out of his nostrils this oh. morning. It was not very pleasant. Yeah, and I guess that age they just don't, haven't quite worked out how to deal with it. No. It's a new experience. Yeah, he didn't them. know what was going on. We do have a, um, talking of taking his temperature, we do have a digital ear thermometer, which we got to use today for the right. first time, which was exciting, except slightly too big for his ear. So it wasn't very, it wasn't easy to get a, a good <laughs> reading because it wouldn't quite fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've got one of those, Toby's one of these people who... um. He loves to see this. If if he realizes something, he's got a screen and a button. <laughs> he wants to see the screen and the button. I wonder where he gets that from. Well, Nick. I, I wonder. But he's um, it's a real pain when you're trying to take a photo of him on your phone, because as soon as he realizes that's what you're doing, he'll run up to you to look at the screen to see oh, what you're looking that's at. That's amazing. And with a thermometer, it was exactly the same. You put it in his ear, and he'd hear the beep. At which point he'd <laughs> grab it to look at the whatever the bright colours on the screen were doing. He wants to see it. Yeah, yeah. Does yours have um, disposable covers for the ear bit? Not this one, no. I was quite surprised at this. I, I thought, you know, a bit of plastic in the ear, give it a wipe afterwards, that'll be fine. But Well, yeah. The Tommy Tippy Corporation, who, by the way, I should just give all my money to the Tommy Tippy people. <laughs> Everything seems to come from them. Um, but yeah, they seem to believe in uh, hygienic plastic disposable covers that go over the, the ear nozzle. Maybe it's... Yet more naivety on my part, but I've never considered the ear to be <laughs> a hive of bacteria and infection. So. Nor had I, until this moment. I had yeah. not really thought about it at all. But then I'm not sure about sterilising bottles, really. I'm, I'm sure it's the thing to do, and um, I'm, I'm definitely not advising that people don't do that. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, they're going to put their hands in their mouths. They're going to yeah. uh, put their mouths on things that aren't, aren't um, sterilised. Uh, is is milk particularly um, prone to sort of going off at a moment's notice? I, it's not like we're sort of leaving it out for ages in the bottle. Um, yeah, is that the is that the reason for doing it? Do you think? Well, I guess because their immune system is so vulnerable that I guess the things we take for granted, you know, the the infections we get that you just don't notice because your immune system bats it away with barely a blink. Mm. You do have to be just perhaps that bit more paranoid. I'm I'm really happy to sterilise bottles because it's quite a lot of fun. But um, it does seem a, a bit like um, if you're putting that much attention into that thing that's going into their mouths, yeah. then why aren't I also using alcohol wipes on his hand every three hours? Yeah, but certainly the steam cleaning, sanitising, you know, the microwavable thing. Mm. I mean, it looks Which like... What we've got from Tommy Tippy, by the way. That's uh, <laughs> another one on the list. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think we have much the same one. Um, I mean, it looks much like what we cook our potatoes in but yeah it, it is just a a plastic tub you put a bit of water in the bottom you zap it in the microwave and it steams four minutes and it does say steam it then you can close all the vents 
and then it will be um, sanitised for 24 hours. At which point, all the bacteria goes in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like best before date or use by dates. I mean, I know, you know they're there for a reason, but equally, someone six months ago didn't decide on January the 24th this bit of ham is suddenly going to become toxic. The moment it goes from being perfectly safe to being absolutely lethal. Beardy dads! So do you do a lot of um, dripping it on the inside of your arm to check the temperature and all of that sort of stuff? Some of that, certainly to begin mm. with, as, as you're figuring it out, yeah. I was going to say, you know, trying a bit, but I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever tried some of Oh, that. I bet you did. I don't think so. Um, oh, Nick. No. I think first day. I think as soon as we were at... Probably not even at home. I think it was in the hospital when, when we had maybe the second bottle of um, SMA infant formula milk stuff yeah i think after he'd had a go i had to have a go just to uh, just to see what it was like uh, to be fair Rue, y- you are a person i have i've witnessed trying to sweeten a cup of tea by dipping a mars bar in it <laughs> that's, that's a valid technique <laughs> if i drink tea now it's only decaf really is that I've, I've got a um a theory about sleep the less caffeine that's been in my system for the last uh you know long as possible the easier it will be to, for me to fall asleep at the drop of a hat when you say you have this theory i I kind of get the impression that's a generally accepted thing with caffeine. Yeah, it's quite it's quite well based yeah. in science. Yeah. Um, but it's it's something that I've been doing since I think he was about three or four days old. Right. I had a, quite a bad day when I was feeling tired, and so I bought a big bottle of Mountain Dew and pretty much <laughs> necked it, and that left me feeling jittery. Yeah. And really shit. And then the next day, struggling because I hadn't slept very well through the night because I'd not been able to fall asleep at the drop of a hat and so I thought okay well from now on let's just go cold turkey on on caffeine right it's okay I can I can have a decaf tea if I'm feeling the need for a cup of tea but yeah uh, it's actually cold cans of coke at lunchtime that I'm really missing you don't do something like pepsi max or whatever the caffeine oh god (laughs) fanta or sprite are my replacements at the moment right I probably drink far more caffeine by way of cups of tea than I probably should and I've, I've for a long time um, you know, even before, long before Toby, I'd often find it difficult to go to sleep or at least go to bed without a cup of tea. That's quite weird. I know it's it's you know, and that's a proper caffe- yeah, you know, a proper cup of caffeinated tea. Um, yeah, you're not talking about Ovaltine here. You're talking no. about like full fat tea. Yeah, yeah, proper tea. And yeah, often that thought of going to bed without a cup of tea after, even if it's if I you know I'm home late or whatever it is. Um, it could be like one in the morning and I suddenly think, yeah, I could just, just do with a cup of tea right now to go to bed with. Um, and wow. Yeah. So I, I definitely... And, that, and you did that all the way through uh, Toby's early years as well? Yeah. As far as I, I remember, yeah, I've, I've certainly never really moved to decaf. Obviously, Joe has moved to decaf during the pregnancy. And um, yeah, I, I know I don't do well in the mornings if I don't have a caffeinated cup of tea to start the day off to start the day i mean i know it 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 often sounds a cliche but you know it's this is a genuine sort of physiological addiction to caffeine and uh Mm. sounds like it see how number two goes in terms of sleep patterns but yeah maybe maybe i'm getting to an age where I, i can't keep up my caffeine i need to start cutting back i've um in the mornings on the train, instead of having a cup of tea on the way in with maybe a biscuit for breakfast, um, I've, I've started asking for hot chocolate. 
and it's a bit too relaxing. Mm. It's, it's a little bit too soothing. So by the time I get to Waterloo, my eyes are heavy and I'm yeah. feeling sugary but not caffeinated. Yeah. And yeah, it's not it's not the same. No. So you're still there's still three of you in the house and um, yeah. Has, so it's only a few days to go now. Yes. Yep. It's a uh, Wednesday. Wednesday 29th is due date. But then, you know, Toby being 10 days late, who knows? But uh, the midwife came around this morning and apparently he, the baby's no more engaged than he was a fortnight ago. So I don't think he's imminently going to make an appearance. But and when they say engaged, that's about how far the, hell, the head is into the pelvis. Th- yeah, right? they're starting to head south. So I think he was three-fifths yep. engaged, but has been for a while. Okay. So, um, mm. But suddenly... Last weekend we had a bit of a uh, a wake up call, quite literally, of um, that this is all going to happen quite soon. That on the on the Saturday evening, Joe wasn't feeling great. She was feeling yeah a bit a little bit nauseous and getting a bit of um, some tightening of the bump and yeah just some slightly odd feelings and started thinking well how prepared. I mean last week we talked about the overnight bag. I mean it occurred to me we hadn't done an overnight bag for Toby and right. Um, occurred to me i haven't got a bag packed of bits for me yeah you're really close now yeah i mean it could be like literally any time yeah so with uh with labor coming up again for you soon um we should talk about what happens during labor and, and especially um we said last week that we we'd um like to talk about things like when do you tell family what's going on yeah because for me for me especially this was a bit of a um a difficult decision really because as we talked about before, um, Rachel had preeclampsia, and so her blood pressure was really high, and I didn't want to tell um, the mums how high the blood pressure was, yeah. so I, I was sort of talking in generalities rather than in, in massive detail, and it was the sort of thing where, you know, I, I wasn't phoning the hospital, uh, phoning them while we were driving to hospital, I sort of, you know, waited till we were settled and I knew what was going on first. Do you remember, when with Toby, do you remember what it was like for you and when when you started getting in touch with people and telling them what was going on, or did, did you wait until... He was out and then just announce it what was your what was your approach for us because toby was induced um it was well known with the with our parents that what time we were going in for for toby to be induced so there wasn't the the need to um you know call them out of the blue that things were happening so that that worked quite well and so they knew the time we were going in so of course we we gave them a ring just on our way and just reassured them that everything was happening and then then that was pretty much it just went sort of focused on us not worrying about talking to other people until Mm. toby arrived and um i'm trying to remember i think i i think i did the public text in fact i'm trying to remember if i tweeted i wouldn't have tweeted it first i would certainly have texted the the close friends Mm. and family first um but that was not too long after the birth, but obviously once once everything had sort of calmed down and things were okay. Um, but then, and then I think from, from that point on, because we were in hospital for a week after Toby was born, just sorting out jaundice, again, my focus was very much on, on you know, Joe and Toby and um, not, not, worrying about doing the running commentary on what was happening um yeah obviously keeping the grandparents up to date and letting them deal with 
<laughs> filtering that what the, the news out to the rest of the family but that really helps doesn't it yeah having a sort of yeah network where you can have a couple of texts then equates to all of the extended family yeah, knowing exactly so beyond um how much you put online you know like tweets and that, with news things like that what about photos what about you know how much do you share photos from that, that sort of time period yeah it was it was weird actually i had um in the old days like in the pre-oliver era of my life i had a very wide open approach to photo sharing so flickr i would have i would have tended to leave everything as public by default and it was it was when we were we had these these photos of you know oliver curled up on on rachel mm. that were really lovely photos and you know there was this really special moment going on there but also quite a lot more skin on show than than you would want to share with everybody yeah and yet, you know, mum would have really, really loved seeing, yeah. uh, you know, him, him curled up on Rachel's breast. So, yeah, it was, it was the first moment when the sort of friends and family settings on Flickr right. really came into their own for me. Yeah. I, I think those three levels of, of privacy in my mind, there's stuff that's, that's probably not... If, if it's online, it's in a, in a fairly locked down state. Yeah. Some stuff where we use the, the friends slash family right. um, feature. And then carefully vetted um, public ones which are genuinely public although I have noticed that there's some nice settings on Flickr where you can say that only only your contacts can comment on them right um, which I've started turning on okay and also hiding them from public search because I had a weird experience with one photo that weird, weirdly found its way onto Flickr Explore oh. and suddenly yeah. from having had this sort of you know intended audience of you know maybe 1500 people um, suddenly it's getting thousands of views and hundreds of, of randoms commenting on it. Great capture. Great capture. And, um, you know, inviting you to random groups. And, oh, grief. So, um, yeah, I, I locked uh, a whole bunch of stuff down to um, being hidden from public search because that has the side effect of it not showing up in Explorer as well. Right. Um, but actually, the, the real thing was um, only people that I know being able to comment. I think that, that means that even if more people are seeing them, then at mm. least I'm not aware of their inane babble yeah i mean i was interested to see how you've been doing it but of course the flick have made it i don't think they show what privacy settings of on any photos anymore it's only for your own i think for other people's yeah. photos it doesn't make it very obvious i think yeah. you, you certainly used to be able to see what something was set to because um yeah you know, case in point if, if i wanted to point someone at a nice photo of oliver I don't know which ones you, you wouldn't know if you are could, happy yeah, to be right. shared with people you don't know. Um, hmm. So, yes. Another nice example of Flickr removing useful functionality and adding useless functionality. That could be a podcast in its own right. I think for us, with photos of Toby, we, I've got far more photos on my laptop than I put on Flickr. I think we didn't, we don't use Flickr as, you know, the, the online repository of all our stuff and. I put, I think, mostly put up ones I was happy for anyone to see, um, right? And you know, not having as many followers on Flickr, didn't worry too much about risk getting onto Explore or things like that. We we put a select few up enough to satisfy general <laughs> the general interest, and then I think we shared a bit more directly um, with with the relatives some of the sort of the more personal photos 
Um, That's what I found as well, that um, I've got some um, family who use Flickr and watch it and pay attention to it and are, you know, keep keeping an eye out for new photos. Mm. Um, and then other family who who don't and want to be sent an email with, with attachments. Yeah. But certainly the, the thing I'm glad we did was, you know, make sure we capture enough photos so that um, for Toby we did a, for his first birthday, we did a um, Toby's first year photo book. Um, oh, nice. Well, in fact, it was... Did you use Photobox? Um, I, th- I forget who we did it with. It may be Lulu, but... Um, okay. In fact, it was for the... It was the Christmas after his birthday, so th- th- you know, it had the photos from day one all the way through to his first birthday. And nice. so we made that as a gift for the grandparents, and we had a couple, you know, a couple copies for ourselves and gave Toby a copy, so, you know, hmm. he would... Um, he used to love sitting down and flicking through it and just seeing all his all his baby pictures. Um, it's really nice. It's like a sort of modern take on the photo album, isn't it? Making making books that you can then yeah share. Yeah, I think we'll be doing that too. Yeah, and as I say, that's one of the things I think um, we haven't done so well with in subsequent years. I almost wished we'd done one every year for Toby, and I think when it becomes more routine you just don't take the photos when you're you know, right. you're going to the park you you're going to the park and you don't think to grab the camera just in case and yeah um, you've you've done it before it's not the first time you've done it so it doesn't feel yeah as, uh, and photographable yes and um, you know my instagram feed is now full of pretty crappy resolution photos of toby but you know those are the photos we've got um yeah i know what you mean i think even even just in 3 weeks which is what it's been for us now my rate of capture and the, the likelihood that I'll get the camera out of the bag has um, really diminished. And I'm actually having to remind myself that, you know, the, he's he's growing fast and yeah. the way that he looks now will change really quickly. Yeah. So one thing we've tried doing, actually, is um, getting a photo of him with one specific teddy bear. Mm-hmm. It's a white polar bear. Um, and it's at, at the moment, it's about the same size as him. Uh, and obviously, as he as he grows, it will gradually look smaller and smaller in comparison to yeah. him so we're trying to get a photo of him at least once a week with him next to this thing right i think the one thing i i regret we didn't do more of was video so i've, I've got have got a couple of videos like uh the first time toby rolled over um and the first time toby crawled from one side of the room to the other things like oh, that brilliant you know i've got i've got yeah. a couple of moments but i haven't got more of them yeah i think that's something we want to try and do make sure do more of with number two i'm finding that that vine and i suppose instagram as well although i'm i'm not using that as much these days but finding vine really good for capturing short clips of you know facial expressions yeah um and i'm sure it would work for you know crawling and yeah um, first steps and that sort of thing as well do you actually have access to those files i mean or are they just yeah. on vine no vine um as a side effect of recording a video clip will leave it in your um, photo collection, so okay. you could then also upload it to Flickr or you know whatever. Great, a thing. One thing we haven't been doing, and I think we thought we would do, is some sort of blog or Tumblr or somewhere where we're taking these photos that that might now live in four or five different places mm. um, and putting them into a stream. Um, even just for our own convenience, so that it makes it easier when we come to do the you know the one year book or whatever. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's it's one of those things where you think, oh well, I can I can do that anytime. Yeah. It doesn't have to be there right from the beginning because the photos will all be somewhere. I just need to go through and start, you know, curating them. And yes, linking to them from a thing. Um, did, you, you you didn't do that, did you? It was all, no, we didn't do anything all, like that. I I did set them up with an email address, a Gmail address. Oh nice. Um, well, Travis, I can't remember. Do you email him? Well, no. That that was the. <laughs> this was the whole thought I had. It would be nice to send him emails from time to time when he, when he had done something funny or, you know, just send him a. Basically, he'd wound you up. Basically, give him a an inbox full of just little snippets, and at some point hand it over to him and just say. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it's a lovely idea. I set up the email address, and um, that's as far as it got. But. Uh, and it's hard to um, backdate emails. You have to do them at the time. Yeah, you kind of have to do really them work. at the time. But I, I like the idea of um, all those sort of family stories, word of mouth type thing, and um, you know, writing them down to share them just feels it, it would feel too open to blog them, things like that. But you know, there's part of me I'd like to you know, write the story of how Joe and I met and just email it to them. And yeah. and as I say, yeah, in private spaces, yeah. But in, you know, when they turn sixteen or eighteen or whatever it is, just tell them about this. You know, hand over the the account to them and just say, here you go. Um, I don't know. It's it's a nice idea, but as with all these things, if you don't start it on day one, then you mustn't beat yourself up for not doing it. Did you um, collect little memories and? Um, trinket. I'm thinking of things like uh, you know the the name tag yeah. from the hospital, things like that. We've got a little box which we're starting to fill up with things like you know his first first pair of gloves which now don't fit anymore, and the the name tag from from around his wrist and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that memory. No box. idea what we'll do with them, but no, it's it's that it's like the wedding box, isn't it, with the the cork from the champagne bottle or whatever it is that <laughs> the flowers. Yeah, yeah, you know the. Yeah. Really nice sentimental things, but they're going to live in a box for the next sixty years. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Rachel's mum presented her with all of her baby teeth once. That was quite unpleasant. I can imagine. That's <laughs> here's a small pot filled with all of your teeth that fell out. Mm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> don't you want them? No, not really. <laughs> Why don't you keep them? Crazy dad. Nick, as you know, I'm a, a rank beginner at this compared to you. Uh, in fact, compared to nearly every other dad out there. Um, and one thing I've been wondering about is um, when I'm out and shopping and, you know, um, sometimes with Oliver with me and sometimes on my own, uh, in both situations I find myself wanting to connect with, with people and especially with other dads. And I find myself wanting to yeah. sort of exchange a nod. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, what what's the norm here is there a is there a convention are there things that people do and and yeah what what do you think um yeah i i remember that that natural urge you want to sort of acknowledge i'm in the same club as you you know we've, we've got this exactly yeah and you just think well we've got this common connection this common yeah. bond and and sometimes i'll nod at someone and i just get this total blankness back i think the secret though is rue you can't do it if you haven't got your child with you because at that point right. you're just a guy smiling and nodding at, at someone <laughs> with a child a tired looking yeah. dishevelled man in a shop yeah 
It's the same as dogs, isn't it? If you're out walking a dog, it's okay to nod at other dog owners and, and you'll probably strike up a conversation. Absolutely. But if you just like dogs, if you've just got a dog that you don't have with you, it doesn't work quite as well. It's, I always liken it to um, driving a camper van in New Zealand. That, right. Yeah, as you're driving down this, this long, straight road and you see another camper van coming in the opposite direction, you get ready because, you know, there's going to be some waving going on. And, you know, most, most ca- you know, co-camper van drivers, as they hurtle past at you know, 50 miles an hour in the opposite direction, you'll, you'll wave at each other with the biggest grins. Because, you know, it's exactly that. You're in that club. Sometimes yeah. you don't. You don't, you know, you'll get very sort of stony-faced glares back. But at least in that scenario, you know, you're going past each other at 50 miles an hour. If they glare back at you, well... You've passed. The moment's over. If you're stood in an aisle in Sainsbury's and you nod at the wrong person, you're still stood in front of a person you've just nodded at. So Potentially in the queue for the checkout. Yeah. For the next ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so keep point. running into each other. So I, I fully remember that desire, that desire to nod, but, you know, you have to use it with, with caution, but, but enjoy it when you do. I've had a really good success rate with um, people working at the till in kiddie care and M&S. To be fair, I, we took yeah, I, well, I can imagine kiddie care as a baby shop is going to be quite a, quite a safe environment for that. You're with friends. Almost there. too safe, actually. Yeah, the thing I found about going to, um, where was it? I think it was mother care, actually. We, went, we took Oliver out in his pram for the first time. We went into mother care thinking, yeah, you know, we, we need some things, but also a nice, safe environment. And if it really came to it and we had to do some breastfeeding or whatever, this is probably the safest place in the world. And I was expecting loads of acknowledgements and shared nods and, oh, isn't he beautiful? And, oh, yeah, your daughter's lovely too. And, you know, like that whole thing that you, you sort of look, look forward to meeting other, other people in the same situation. Turns out, if you meet them in a really shared context like mother care... Um, because everyone's in exactly the same boat, you all ignore each other. <laughs> it's like being in a. It's like being in London. Nobody says hello when you're walking down the street in London because there's people everywhere. And in in mothercare, everyone's got a baby, and nobody's excited about babies. But in Tesco, you might be the only baby in the shop, and anyone who likes the look of babies is going to be over and cooing and wanting to <laughs> wanting to ask how old he is, and you know all that lovely attention yeah. that you get actually is much much reduced when you're all mm. in the same boat. Baby dads. <laughs> So what tips have you got for me this week then? Oh, I only have one really. We were talking about um, sterilising earlier. And uh, did, you, did you or do you have a system for, um, for knowing whether you've sterilised the things or not? I think what we did was we'd leave it in the microwave. If it's in the microwave with the lid on, then it's been done. Then it's clean. Um, yeah. And you can take things out of it. Until the magic 24 hours has passed and then all bets oh, are off. All bets are off at that yeah. point, yeah. Oh, that's quite a good system. Okay, I have, I have a different way. Yeah. Because we use our microwave occasionally. Um, we like to, we like to take, the, take the Tommy Tippy sterilising steamer thing out. So instead I've got this, um, I've got a system um, which uses Lego, would you believe? <laughs> of um, course. And I've got this sort of double Lego brick uh, with a red layer and a green layer. And then depending on which is left uppermost yep. facing um, and I'll often use this sort of placed on top of the, the sterilising box um, it means that it's 
clean and sterilised and ready to go, or it means that it's been washed and is in there dirty, ready to be sterilised. Um, so, yeah, red is for danger, uh, green is for uh, safe to go. So does this um, actually, And then it's really easy. Then this actually goes in the steriliser with it? No, I mean, it could. I'm sure it could do. Um, right. But no, I, I tend to leave it on the top of the box after it's come out of the microwave. Right. So I take the box out, leave this thing on top. Uh, I'm sure it's minutely adding to the number of germs and bacteria that are crawling their way in through the, the edges of the steam vents, but, you know, sod it. It's worth it because you never have that fear in the middle of the night that you don't know whether you've done it or not, uh, which for the first couple of days was, was um, definitely a, an issue, at least at least for me. I, I'm sure Rachel uh, has a much better memory than I do, but when I'm tired, I have <laughs> yeah. no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, and in a similar way, actually, labelling the milk. So... Um, in the same way that the, the sterilising pot is good for 24 hours, the milk, when it's in the fridge, is good for, I think it's 24 hours. Right. When it's this infant formula stuff we've been talking about. Um, I've got a label maker, uh, and I find that in the middle of the night, if I print off a label with the date and time on it, then the next day I won't struggle to remember <laughs> what time it was that I put that bottle in. Yeah, it takes a few extra seconds, but um, I'm finding it's, finding it's worth it just for that peace of mind. That's brilliant. Thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> nice of you. Yeah, you're welcome. Nick, as ever, it's a pleasure to converse with you in the middle of the night. It's, I'm enjoying it a lot. It is a lot of fun. It's always a good way to end the week. Um, so uh, certainly last week we said um, we invited contributions, any tips people had around. I think we talked about baby monitors, which we, we've not got to this week, so I'm sure we'll... We'll come back to that next week. Um, but oh, yeah. uh, as ever, if everyone's got any any tips for us, then do get in touch. Um, if you want to contribute, do just record yourself for two or three minutes and send it in. We're podcast at biddydads.co.uk. And, and do do that, by the way. If you're listening, then we want to hear from you. I want to hear your tips and your, your uh, stories. Your confessions would be nice if you're up for doing that. Emails uh, with, with MP3 attachments would be good. Um, oh, and also, don't be scared, because um, you, you might be thinking, well, I don't have a, I don't have a fancy studio. Like, these, these guys sound like professionals. They've got brilliant equipment. Don't worry, just use your phone. It's really good. Like, everyone's got a portable, um, brilliant little microphone in their pocket. Um, Twin Dad, who was on episode one, just did that on his iPhone. Easy peasy. Sounded great. So, Rue, what do you think we're going to be talking about next week? Next week, let's definitely talk about baby monitors because we splashed out on one recently and I want to know whether I should return it. Um, and you'll probably have a baby by then. Who knows? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Next week could conceivably be slightly delayed. Um, it might be delayed. Or we'll, might not. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, if you're in labour uh, at the time that we normally record, uh, I, won't, I won't expect you to drop everything and Skype with me. You know, you've got a free pass if you need it. Thank you, Rue. Um, I'm sure Joe will thank you for that. Yeah. I'd hope so. I was told today I wasn't allowed to go on paternity leave until my my pool requests were accepted. <laughs> that's that's the way it should be. Good. Okay. Well, join us next time next week. Probably uh, might be a week delayed. Might not. Um, and we'll be back in your ears with more tips and uh, questions and inane blathering because we're so sleep deprived we don't even know what we're saying. Sounds good to me, Rue. <laughs> good night, Nick. Good night, Rue. Good night, Rue.